if you haven't, if I haven't met you yet, uh, like Garrett said, my name is Josh Hart. Um, I've been here for about a year, almost a year. Um, here with my wife, Krista. Raise your hand, Krista. There she is right there. And my son, Jacob, and my daughter, Caitlin, who is missing somewhere. Um, I'm incredibly blessed to be able to share from God's Word tonight. Um, so, like Garrett said, tonight we're going to continue our study in, um, of Jesus' parables in the Gospel of Luke, uh, looking at the parable of the persistent widow, which is found in Luke 18, verses 1 through 8. So if you're going to use one of the Pew Bibles, um, you can find our text for tonight on page 877. So as a brief introduction, this parable encourages us to pray continually without becoming discouraged or dismayed. Uh, to illustrate this point, Jesus paints the picture of an unrighteous judge in a particular city and the widow who comes to him continually seeking justice against her adversary. We'll see how she is eventually granted the justice she seeks, although begrudgingly, and how this is contrasted by how God desires to give justice to his elect. So in our time together tonight, uh, what I want to do is cover just a few brief points. First, we'll explore the parable in its detail, uh, and then I'll go over two questions that I believe will help us understand uh, this parable better and to apply it in practice. So if you would, turn with me in your Bible to Luke chapter 18, beginning in verse 1, and I'll read through verse 8. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused. But afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice, so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Let's pray. Father, we are incredibly grateful that we get to open your word tonight in freedom and to preach your word without fear of retribution. And Father, we pray that as we study this parable, we would be encouraged to seek you in prayer and that we would not lose heart as we do so. Father, let your words be my words. And we pray in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so what is this parable about? Uh, the main point Jesus is communicating in this parable is that if even an unjust judge will grant justice to someone for whom he cares little, how much more will God grant justice to his elect? Now, this simple fact should encourage God's people to pray continually and not lose heart, to not be discouraged, to not be dismayed. In other words, Jesus' encouragement to us is to pray continually without being discouraged as we pray. Now, often we go to the Lord with our prayers, seeking his guidance, justice, and help. But we sometimes have a tendency to stop praying about those things at some point. As I studied the text, I was reminded about how prone I am to go to the Lord in prayer about an issue in my life. But persistence in prayer sometimes wanes as days go by and my prayer goes unanswered. Or perhaps other issues pop up in life that demand my attention, and I begin to forget to pray for these things. I believe this pattern may be common to you and I, but I can at least attest to it being true for me. That said, as we see days go by with prayers seemingly unanswered, 
we can become discouraged and stop praying. So to get started, let's take a look at the characters Jesus presents in this illustration. So first we have the judge. In introducing the judge, Jesus describes the man by telling us that he neither fears God nor respects man. And considering the judge's character, we might ask what this would look like to live a life wherein we had no fear of God and no respect for our fellow man. So the first characteristic of a life lived in such a way is a perceived understanding that we answer to no one but ourselves. This judge's lack of a fear of God would lead him to believe that his decisions were his alone and that he answered to no one for how he decided cases brought before him. As the sole authority of his own life, the judge could decide justly or unjustly depending on how he felt that day. A lack of fear of God leads to the false understanding that one's decisions are of no consequence to them. Or what about the judge's lack of respect for his fellow man? As a judge, people throughout the city would bring their cases to him to be decided. A lack of respect for his fellow man means the judge likely had no compassion for those offended in these cases. But secondly, let's consider the widow. She likely had no family and no other family or relations to plead her case for her. Likewise, in society, she probably had no one to care for her needs or rise to her defense should she experience injustice. In the culture of first century Palestine, this widow would have been utterly dependent on others for her well-being, completely without means in and of herself. That being true, in this illustration, her only recourse is to seek justice from the unrighteous judge in her city. I can only imagine how discouraging it would be to know that the only hope of receiving justice against my adversary is to go to an unrighteous, immoral, and crooked judge. Her life was likely difficult, and coming before this judge means she must humble herself and accept that there is no other hope, at least in her case. And this is a sad hope indeed, as we understand that the judge to whom she went likely had no respect for this widow and her needs. So Jesus paints a very bleak picture here on purpose in order to illustrate the difference between having to rely on unrighteous judges to judge justly and having access to the only righteous judge who always judges justly. It is here I think it's helpful to explore two questions that might help us understand and apply the big idea of this parable, namely that we ought always to pray and not lose heart. So the first question is this, how does this parable encourage us to pray continually without becoming discouraged? And the second, what implications does this parable have for believers and unbelievers? All right, so let's look at the first question. How does this parable encourage us to pray continually without becoming discouraged or losing heart? All right, so the the illustration uh, that Jesus presents, we see the judge is unrighteous based on his unjust verdicts, and we learn he does not fear God and cares nothing for his fellow man. Uh, in his explanation of the parable, Jesus draws a stark contrast between the unrighteous judge and God. He tells us that the judge is unrighteous, which I believe we can equate to sinful, crooked, wicked, uh, everything we don't want in a judge. Jesus also tells us in verse 4 how the judge refused to grant the widow justice for a period of time. How long is not exactly clear, but we know that the widow continually brought her case before him until she received her justice. To contrast the judge's refusal to grant justice, Jesus asks this rhetorical question in verse 7. Will he, God, delay long over them, his elect? 
Uh, the obvious answer is no, as Jesus goes on to say in verse 8. Jesus says, God hears our prayers for justice, and he answers them. Speedily, it says. The encouragement here is that God does not delay long over answering our prayers for justice. Rather, he answers them quickly. Well, if you're like me, sometimes you might think that God is taking his time in answering our pleas for justice. So how are we to understand this word speedily in verse 8? I believe Paul is helpful to us in 2 Corinthians 4.17 where he says, For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. God the Father is a good judge. And that should give us all the more encouragement to draw near to him in prayer, knowing that he, um, any, any waiting that he calls us to is purposeful, is good, it's not cruel. Our affliction is momentary. God's justice comes quickly. The glory is forever. And there's also the contrast of God's goodness over and against the judge's unrighteousness. We know God to be a good God, a righteous God. Uh, James 1.17 is one of my favorite verses. It tells us that uh, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. God's character is to do good continually, according to his good and perfect will, and is without change. The point here is that we can trust that when we face injustice, we can cry out to God, our righteous judge, and he will answer us quickly. The bottom line is that we should be encouraged that when we consider the one to whom we plead our case. So what have you stopped praying about that you need to be encouraged to uh, take back to the Lord in prayer? Well, if you're like me, maybe you're already building a list. I know I've got one. All right, so this brings us to the second question. What implications does this parable have for the believer and the unbeliever in light of the parable? All right, let's start with the believer. For the believer, we can trust that God knows we face injustice right now and until he comes, until Jesus returns. Well, that's the point in Jesus' final rhetorical question at the end of verse 8. This parable, this particular parable, comes on the heels of a discussion between Jesus and his disciples uh, concerning the time around his second coming, found in Luke 17, 20 through 37. And Jesus knows he's going to leave his disciples, and the period between his ascension and second coming would be fraught with difficulty. In fact, Jesus outright said to his disciples in Luke 21, 17, you will be hated on account of my name or for my name's sake. From hatred often comes all kinds of persecution. I love how Peter captures it in 1 Peter 4, 12 through 13, where he says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. You ever been surprised by the fiery trials that come in your life? He says, don't be surprised. But rejoice insofar as you share in Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Dark days can be counted on in the human experience. You see, Jesus knew that we would face difficulty. He knew we would face loss, loss of loved ones, loss of a job, loss of broken relationships. He knew we would face ridicule and mockery on account of our faith in him. Our coworkers will make fun of us, our families disown us, our friends will abandon us. We'll face ridicule for his name, that's for sure. 
Further still, we see in the news everyday examples of believers being severely persecuted and even killed for their faith in Jesus Christ. Christians are beheaded on beaches, filmed to support radical Islamic terrorism around the world. Totalitarian regimes imprison Christians and sentence them to hard labor, sometimes leading to death. In other parts of the world, believers are rounded up and murdered simply for disobeying the law that says it is illegal to believe in Jesus and practice that faith in earnest. Jesus knew we would face injustice until he comes back, and this is why he tells us to pray day and night, trusting that God desires to give justice to his elect. And why is this so? Why can we approach God trusting that he will answer our prayers according to his will and deliver justice to us. It is only because of the blood shed by Jesus on our behalf and our right standing before God based on our faith in Jesus alone to cleanse us from our sins. It is the work of Jesus on the cross, his shed blood and resurrection that secures for us the ear of God, our righteous judge, when we cry out to him day and night. What hope, what hope we have in Christ. That's the implication for the believer, but what about the unbeliever? What hope is there for the unbeliever in the face of such adversity and injustice? Remember, dark days are common to all throughout the human experience. Jesus' parable tells us plainly, the widow's only hope was that an unrighteous judge could be persuaded, annoyed enough, maybe, to reluctantly decide in her favor. What disappointing odds. Jesus says in verse 7 that God will also give justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night. For the unbeliever, the best one can hope for is to cast themselves upon the mercy of unrighteous judges in this world and face the only righteous judge in the next who judges justly and will condemn sin for eternity. So if you find yourself here tonight and you have not yet trusted in Christ for your salvation, I plead with you to trust in him. Trust in him. For in him there is true, lasting, and trustworthy hope. I would encourage you to find a member here, sit down and talk with them, and find out what it means to follow Jesus Christ. Christian, what about you? Jesus says that God will grant justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night. Does that categorize your, or characterize your prayer life? Is that, is that how we pray? Will you pray so fervently? Will you remain steadfast in your pleading for God's justice to be revealed against your adversary? Jesus concluded his parable with the question of whether or not he will find faith on earth when he returns. And we, of course, know that he will we be counted among them? I pray that you will. Be encouraged. Pray continually. And do not lose heart. So let's pray. Father, we, we know that we can come to you. We know that we can approach your throne boldly. And we know that when we face injustice, when we face difficulty in life, we know that you hear our prayer. And I pray that we as a congregation would be a people who pray to you day and night, that we would 
we would seek you continually, that we would persist in our prayer, that we would see the example of this widow in this parable, and that we would not give up praying for justice until you come. Father, help us to be a faithful people, a prayerful people, a watchful people. We pray in your Son, Jesus' name. Amen.